your source for all things Detroit Red Wings and Chicago Blackhawks. With your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Kevin Musto. You're listening to the Stickblade Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Stickblade Podcast, your place for Detroit Red Wings, Chicago Blackhawks, and NHL news. I'm one of your hosts, David Barnhouse, joined by Nick LePage and Kevin Musto. Jordan is not here this week. He is currently at a Red Wings game uh, trying to add and sign his most prized free agent, and we wish him nothing but the best in this uh endeavor that he's embarking on yeah, either that or we committed mutiny he's actually tied up in a closet yeah we threw the captain overboard he just he just wanted to dummy a bunch of beers tonight he's not he's not even at the game hey guys it's dollar beer dollar hot dog night <laughs> yeah. yeah not even at the game he's just dummy and beers <laughs> oh my god well we got a really full week of topics uh tonight. let's talk about yeah we're gonna talk about some trades some possibilities of trades, some injuries, some roster movements, some first goals, uh, some NHL news, and then uh, our pa- our games this past week and our future games this week. Uh, so let's start it off. Let's start off talking about some trades. So in the news today, uh, Blackhawks traded Ian McCoshin to the Panthers for Alexi Sorella. So you guys are the Blackhawks uh, fans. Let's hear what you have to say about it. I'm, I'm, I mean, there's, I'm kind of meh on the trade. Like, I know Sorella was kind of a promising forward, but he voices displeasure playing in the AHL over with the Carolina Hurricanes with the Charlotte Checkers. So it was kind of obvious he did not want to play in the AHL this year. He gave his, he gave a good shot at making the NHL roster, but the Hawks are just, they have so much depth at forward this year. He, he was clearly, he's not even in the next in line to get a call up. So it was kind of one of those trades that, Sorella wanted out, and McCashin, the Blackhawks were kind of interested in for a couple of years now. Just uh, I think when, during his draft year, they were actually interested in him. So it, it was a trade that worked out for both teams, and another trade with the Florida Panthers. It seems it never ends between Dale Talon and Sam <laughs> Yeah, I think most of what we're looking at here is just more or less a purely AHL deal. Um, that's not to say that either of these players, you know, won't play some NHL games in the future. I'm sure it will happen. But for the most part, this is a, a, a deal between AHL players. Um, and as Nick mentioned, I don't really know what it is with uh, Sarala because this is now the third time he's been traded. And it seems like he has a bit of an attitude problem where he just seems to think he's a lot more talented than he is and he thinks he really deserves a spot in the NHL, even if uh, he hasn't his play hasn't really warranted it. So... Um, I mean, I wish him the best in the future, but I think, uh, he's got some things to work out. So would no, you say his personality is like that rich girl in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. <laughs> Who wants everything? Yes. Yeah. He's, uh, he's very full of himself. It seems, I don't know. I mean, we don't know him personally, but just the way he acts and, uh, comes about himself. He just, it just seems like he's demanding roster time, which it's not like Kevin said, it's not warranted. 
Yeah, and it's a weird thing, too, because we drafted his brother, so his brother is in the organization, and even with with that, he still wanted to leave. Which is sad to me, because like the NHL, compared to a lot of other sports, uh, is more of like a brotherhood-type sport, where players are all like, it's it's together as one, like, we come together as one, or we follow as all, and... Like NFL, you have like your big wide receivers who demand like their big contracts and like basketball, you have like LeBron James and those big stars, but hockey, you have your stars, but they're more inclined to like making a balanced team because it's one of the hardest playoffs in all of sports, in my opinion. And you can't have those kind of attitudes on a hockey team. Yeah. I mean, in a sport like hockey, one superstar player can't carry an entire team as we've seen at Edmonton with McDavid. Um, You need to have that depth around them. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think in sports like basketball, you can kind of get away with uh, just kind of passing the ball to uh, the the best player on the team and just having them score a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, LeBron James carried the the Cleveland Cavaliers for many years, and that was a garbage team. Yeah, it's just not the same with hockey. What I don't understand is if Sorella was a bit more patient – maybe he would have got a shot with the Hawks this year just because I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like Mike Smith, he, or not Mike Smith, uh, Zach Smith. Uh, if he, he's clearly not really in any favor with the Blackhawks right now. And Sorrell's going over to a Panthers organization that also has a lot of depth in their forward front. So I oh, think yeah. he's going to be thrown in the same situation now. So it's a, tr- it really didn't make sense. And yeah, I, I mean, like I said, the trade, it doesn't really have any impact on the Hawks. Cause I, he, we weren't going to see him up for a long time. Yeah, what this feels like, it's just like a change of scenery, uh, fresh start type of thing for both players. It's an AHL move with a possibility of them trying to break through, but if they haven't broken through with their with their former teams, it's going to be pretty hard for them to break through with their new teams. Yeah, one last thing to touch is uh, Makoshin. I think that's how his name is pronounced. He has, yeah. 50, he has 50 career games, I think, in the NHL now. So he's he's got NHL experience, so it's just one of those things. If someone else goes down, because I don't think the Hawks want to call up Boquist just yet, mm-hmm. so uh, it, it'll be the, the next in line behind uh, the news that broke today. And I yep. will say it is a good thing, just because in Rockford, I I was mentioning it last week that Rockford their blue line is very 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 young, so Makoshin is a bit older, um, not quite a veteran, but um he does you know with that his 50 game nhl experience i think that definitely adds to rockford and i think he can help out some of the younger players there all right uh looks like we have some uh breaking news (laughs) breaking news from the stick blade podcast brandon perlini has apparently been given permission that he can go ask teams for trades so that can get rid of what uh we said earlier with the player tampering um, so what do you guys think about this with, uh, Perlini asking for a trade? It kind of seems like he, it, 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 I don't, he, he wants out, which is obvious. And he, the Hawks kind of have no role for him right now. During the lines this morning, when they're doing uh, morning skate, he was playing defense. So the Hawks really have no role for him. And, uh, hopefully he has promised he's a very inconsistent forward, but it just seems like he needs another new fresh start, which he thought he got with the Hawks last year. Yeah, the Hawks are done with Perlini at this point. Nylander stole his spot. Nylander, I think, has uh, solidified his spot on the roster, and now Perlini just doesn't fit in anymore. Um, And 
Yeah, so this doesn't surprise me at all, but it kind of seems as though Stan Bowman wasn't able to find a trade himself. So now he's just kind of like, well, Perlini, you can try it yourself. It's like he's a free agent right now. He's just like, yeah. right, go, go ahead, ask around. You were an RFA before, and now, hey, now you can just go ask any team. We'll take whatever for you. It, Nylander and Perlini, based off what their past teams or NHL scouts have said about them, they're kind of like the same person the way they're inconsistent. But obviously, Nylander has way more upside than Perlini. So, uh, like you said, Kevin Nylander stole Perlini's role, and now he's going to be elsewhere. Anything else to add? Yeah, where do you guys where do you guys think he's going to go? Because I have a general idea. I don't know. I mean, the thing with Perlini is, like, it has to be a team that is just very weak on the wings. Um, just because if he goes to another team that has strong wing depth, then it's just going to be the exact same situation as Chicago where he's not going to get the minutes. So maybe a team like Ottawa or something like that. I was thinking a complete opposite. I thought, I thought a team like Pittsburgh, I mean, I know they're good, but with, I, with the skill that Pittsburgh has, is he could he could do some damage in, with the injuries that they got going on over there too. There's, there's some roster space. As crazy as it would seem, I could see him going back to Arizona. Really? Yeah, I could see them trying to make a reunion with him. I mean, he's still young. He's got some talent. They need something in Arizona. It's possible. I just don't know now what the relationship is like between him and Perlini. Like if uh, between Arizona and Perlini, like I don't know if they left on good terms or not. It sounded like they did. I was listening to uh, this, a Spit and Chicklets podcast, and it, Paul Bissonette was saying how Perlini was, just felt like he was disrespected by their old coach, Dave Tippett, and he just didn't have a role really for him. And they didn't like his inconsistency, so it seems like it, that transferred over to Chicago, and now they're looking for a partner. Yeah, so that pretty much tells you that Arizona's not going to be interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's possible. Maybe but Dallas takes him. Maybe yeah, Dallas takes him. Who knows? The NHL's a wild league. Anything's in play. Anything can happen. Um, so more news about uh, – both of our respective teams. We have some injuries. So Luke Glendening was hurt um, in Wednesday's game against the Senators with an upper body injury. Um, he left the game playing about six minutes, um, and they're saying he could miss some time. Not a lot of information known yet. Um, might have more tomorrow. But he is, in my opinion, a very valuable part of the team, especially on the penalty kill. He's a great bottom-line winger. Uh, so he will be missed in my opinion, but, um, you guys have a couple more injuries than us. Let's hear about what you got going on. We have Rat Rantanen and Murphy. Who do you want to start with? Rantanen's Colorado. Oh, but... sorry. <laughs> it's not, it's I not... wish we had Rantanen. Yeah, yeah, let's I wish. Sorry. I had him listed in the same list. My bad. No, you're good. You're good. Fantasy wise. Yeah. I mean, we would all wish we had Rantanen, but Connor Murphy. Yes. Uh, he went out in the Vegas game, I believe, in the second period. We didn't see him in the third. Uh, it well, was it his hip, Kevin, or is it his knee? I don't know what it was because I was trying to watch the footage of him right before he left the ice, and like he wasn't touched or anything, so I don't really know where it came from. But some I, sort of lower body injury. Yeah, they say it's lower body, so we're it's saying groin. Groin, groin. Yeah, you know, that's so. what it's saying on um, the new CBS Sports. So, all right, a groin injury. I think he, I think he's had groin injuries in the past. So it, it's obviously concerning with 
the Blackhawks lack a D depth right now. I mean, I, they got they got to develop. They mostly have to develop what they have for their depth wise, and they don't really have much NHL D depth. Losing Connor Murphy hurts a lot, but there's big. So he got put on LTIR, but the bigger news out of that is putting him on LTIR is because of Kirby Doc's potential bonuses, and that seems like what there that seems like it's a plan to keep Kirby Doc up for the rest of the year. I don't know what you got out of that, Kevin. Yeah, it could definitely indicate towards. Uh, the Blackhawks, you know, wanting to keep Kirby Doc up. Obviously, they haven't made their decision at this point, but putting Murphy on LTIR definitely gives them the opportunity to do so. Um, but, yeah, I just want to say, like, I think this is really brutal, a brutal hit for the Blackhawks having Murphy go out because he's just a pretty consistent defenseman overall. And I was really liking the Keith Murphy pairing. Um, so having him out, I think is going to be rough for the Blackhawks, especially now that like with him out of the lineup, that means Seabrook is probably going to play more minutes and then you're going to have Cuckoo in. Oh, uh, God. So it, it's just, it's, it's not going to be good for the Hawks. Yeah, that it, it really is a brutal injury. Connor Murphy is, uh, one of our best defensemen. I would say he's probably our second best defenseman truly on the roster. So, well, second or third Kevin uh, Hans in there too, but still, it's a it's a key loss to the Blackhawks. It, he's going to be out longer than they expected, so a brutal injury and a bad turn of events for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, and so other injuries, Miko Rantanen's injury, uh, it did not look good at all. Um, his uh, skate appeared to get kind of stuck in the ice, and his left foot turned in a way it probably shouldn't turn but he was able to get to the bench he didn't return to the game and now they're saying as of yesterday uh week to week they don't know how serious it is yet um but it looks like it's just a week to week injury but it does not look pretty i yeah. think that, yeah kevin go ahead sorry oh i was just gonna say like hopefully he's not out of commission for too long because he's such an important player for the abs i mean 87 points last year 31 goals and this year, off to a good start, 12 points in nine games. So Ranton is a really integral part of that Avalanche roster. So um, I really hope for a speedy recovery for him. I think the Avs caught a break here, too, because it looked like it was way worse than it came out to be. It looked like it could have been season-ending right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And now it's just week to week, which is a blessing in disguise for the Avalanche. Obviously, they don't want to lose their star winger. But with yeah. it only being a couple of weeks, they've caught a break for sure. Yeah, that, that turning reminded me of when I tore my ACL last summer, like buckling and does not look good. But he was able to kind of get off on his own. So I don't think it's as bad as it could be, is like you were saying. 100%. Uh, with injuries, we're going to move into roster moves. Um, I don't know what roster moves you guys have had, but the Red Wings had a pretty big one in the news. Jonathan Erickson, who's been on the Wings – quite a while now he's a veteran um was waived and many wings fans were hoping a team would claim him uh but he was not claimed and went to the griffins and we called up our recently acquired alex biega uh so so that'll be biega's first game as a wing i think he started already oh he did okay yeah he's already played Uh, i believe correct me if i'm wrong i'll have to check it but um jonathan erickson was a player that looked the part like he was this big defenseman um swedish but he was softer than a bag of marshmallows <laughs> like erickson doesn't use his body he doesn't hit people 
he barely has a shot and he's he's not great and we gave him extensions hoping it would work and it never did um so as you know it shows Iserman isn't going to play favorites kind of like how holland did with veterans like he's he wants to build a team that will compete every year and be contenders every year like the tampa bay lightning team that he built so erickson apparently is not part of that plan which I'm fine with because we've been complaining about him for years. Um, so hopefully this is a start of things to come and full faith in the Iser plan. Yeah. It's one of those things that how old is Erickson now? Like 32, 33? Older? Uh, Jonathan Erickson. Let me look. He is Erickson is the gripe old age of 35. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought he was younger than that. So it's one of those things. Age caught up to him. I know he he was he was a solid D man for you guys for a couple of years, several years. And but like you said, it's 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 Eiserman doing Eiserman. It's it's not like it's one of Eiserman's guys that he brought along. So uh, it's a little easier to get rid of a veteran like that. Yeah, and only one year left on that contract. Hoping. You were hoping some team claimed just to get that uh, salary off, but yeah, his salary is just too big, and and he he's had flashes where he looked like he could be good, but he's never had like a solid aspect to him where I'm like, oh man, yeah, Erickson, like it's hard because you try to compare people to Nick Lidstrom and no one can compare to the perfect no one can, <laughs> but. And then like Nicholas Cronwall is a completely different player. He is a more aggressive yeah. body taken player. But Erickson, like, you thought he could be something. Like he was he, he's like six five, six six almost. And he uses his body like he's five foot three. Yeah, that was like uh Nick, if you remember Victor Aidsel last year. Oh uh, yeah. Who was like huge, but like just would not hit anyone. He was very soft. He could skate like he's he skates like he's a ten-year-old too. Little strides. Yeah. yeah, that's um our roster movements. I and then, with and for the Hawks, Dennis Gilbert got called up from Rockford. Okay. Yeah, nice you... little, uh, that's a good call up. I think uh, he, he was obviously the next in line because Boca still needs time to develop. And I, as much as people wanted to criticize his turnover in the first game in Prague, I, I like his game. He plays similar to what Connor Murphy does, so it made sense to call him up. Well. Next piece of news, we have some rookies getting their first goals. We'll start with the Blackhawks. Kirby Dock scoring his first goal this week against the Vegas Golden Knights in a losing effort, but he still scored a goal. Guys, what are your feelings on seeing that finally happen? Yeah, uh, well, it was great to see Kirby Dock get his first goal and and doing it against a, a goalie like Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, obviously a great goalie, so for uh, Doc to get his first against him, it's quite the accomplishment. It wasn't exactly the prettiest goal. It, it bounced <laughs> off his shin, but uh, hey. A goal's a goal. Counts. Yeah, goal's a goal, so uh, congrats to Kirby Doc. Yeah, Kirby Doc planted himself right in front of the net, kind of where we want to see him. Uh, like you said, Kevin, it was pretty ugly going off the shin. Yeah, that was an uh, Andrew Shaw type goal. Yeah, as we, say, <laughs> as we say in Chicago, we love shin pads, so... Yep. Uh, what a sally too, boys! For the, as ugly as a goal as it gets, I mean, you you got to go all out for the first. Yeah, it, it, his mom was crying, his dad was crying, and you know he went all out for that first goal, Sally. It, it 
it's kind of excusable just because it, it's his first NHL goal. He can celebrate however he wants, no matter how it goes yep. in. Yeah, it's a great goal. And then we'll go to Mr. First Overall, Jack Hughes, scoring his, his first career NHL goal. And it was a really nice goal. Like, great pass and just a really quick yeah, Worcester pass to finish. Hall, right, on the power play? Yeah, pass from Hall around the power play. Got it right past Demko, top right corner. Yeah, that was a good snipe. And uh, maybe it took slightly longer than people were expecting for Hughes to get that first goal. But now that he has it, I think that's going to give him a lot more confidence going forward. He got that monkey off his back. And he, yes, did, he did it did it all while going against his older brother, Quinn. And with, <laughs> yeah. Both their, fam- both their parents in the stands. It was probably a bittersweet moment for the Hughes family seeing one brother struggle and the other one succeed. So, uh, yeah, yeah congrats Quinn to Jack. Busted him later in the game. Yeah, yeah. But congrats to Jack Hughes and uh, one of probably many, walked home. Yeah, one of many more. Yeah, Quinn didn't get to go in the car after the game. They went to McDonald's and Quinn couldn't get the ice cream. <laughs> but yeah, two good goals. Uh, not going to see our rookie first pick score a goal this season probably for a while unless they call him up. But then again, he's also not an offensive defenseman. But it'll be nice to see uh, more at Cider. He does have a nice slap shot, though. It'll be it'll probably be prettier than Kirby Doc. So yeah, it'll it'll come though. It might be like uh the Nick Listrom goal I scored in NHL years ago where I slap shotted it and the two defenders tried to slide to block it and it like ping ponged off both of them into the goal. <laughs> I'd be impressed if 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 Cider pulled that off. Uh so uh the only other NHL news that I found for this week was uh Nico I can never say his name. Hershers? Hishier. Hishier. Signed a seven-year, $50.75 million deal, averaging at about $7.25 a year. Um, Great lockup for the Devils, in my opinion. They're building a team that they want to compete. I mean, they have Taylor Hall. They have Jack Hughes. And now they just locked up Nico for a long-term contract. I think they're building a pretty strong offensive team if they can gel together they should be doing well in a few years time yeah yeah go ahead oh go ahead nick no 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 after you (laughs) all right um yeah no i like the deal a lot for the devils i think uh he sure is a really good uh two-way player i think his defensive game um has developed really nicely over the over the years and um he's only aimed better so i think it's a good cap hit for him and they ate they bought into like i think two of his UFA years, I think. So uh, that was a really great uh, move on the, uh, uh, for the, for the devil's organization. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I think it's a good signing for sure. I'm indifferent about it. I, I know it's, it, it's a good signing based off term. It's just, you hope he turns into more, obviously you're paying for what you expect him to be. But I mean, with last year's stat line, 17 goals, 30 assists, 47 points. It's not, warranted of that much money but his two-way game obviously goes into that because he's one he's a bet he's one of the better two-way forwards in the game and the year before his rookie year 20 20 goals 32 assists so to make i think to be warranted to make that much money at least you got to have at least 60 points or at, at least be an average 60 point guy i know the two-way game is considered that and we've seen what kevin hayes got paid this offseason and he never exceeded 60 points so again it's one of those deals like he's part of their future and what they're going to build, but a little high on the uh, average money per year. 
I do agree that he needs to elevate his game to be a consistent 60-point player. But, yeah, if he can do that, he could be sort of a Jonathan Taves-type player where, you know, 60 points and a solid two-way game. Um, so, yeah, it, he does need to do that, but I think he'll get there, and uh, it'll be a good deal for the Devils. It's kind of yeah. like what it's kind of like the Clayton Keller situation in Arizona. He, they paid him for his rookie year, not the year before, and what they hoped he becomes. And I think that's the same thing that applies to Nico his year with this contract. Yeah, and seven point two five a year isn't that bad of a hit, especially for a young player. Um, so we'll see what he develops with that contract. So let's do a little flashback to the week's past games since we last recorded. So the Red Wings had four. And you guys had three, and you have one tonight against Philadelphia. Um, so I'll start with the Wings. Uh, so when we were recording last week, they had the game against Calgary. Calgary uh, destroyed us, kind of like how we predicted. <laughs> Five to one. Darren Helm scoring the lone Red Wings goal. So he, uh, who was Jordan's player of the week last week, was continuing his, you know, uh, not streak, but his you know, goodness in scoring goals and getting in the play. Um, the Red Wings then played Edmonton, who we all thought Edmonton was going to wreck us, but it was a lot closer game than we had expected. Red Wings losing 2-1. to one. Mike Green getting the lone goal. And then the next two games on our Canadian road trip, uh, Vancouver losing 5-2, to two, Manta and Chelowski getting the goal. And we had the 2 nothing lead to start that game, and it kind of just uh, wheels fell off. The winged wheels fell off, and it drifted away. And then Ottawa, who we all thought that garbage fire team the Red Wings could probably beat, um, was also 5-2 to two. <laughs> with Darren Helm scoring a goal as well as Tyler Bertuzzi. So not a great week for the Wings. They are on a little bit of a losing streak, um, but... It's kind of to be expected with us, as we've said it before, we are rebuilding. This is a process. Fans can be upset and frustrated. Facebook comment and Twitter comment fans can be even more frustrated because they don't understand things. Um, <laughs> but it's a process. You just got to you gotta take the punches and fight back. It's like Rocky. He just gets the crap kicked out of him, but he'll power back. Don't you worry. If anything, this is if you guys are hoping for that number one overall pick, this is a great week for the Red Wings fans. Not great for entertainment, but great for the future. So, <laughs> uh, definitely till, till the thirteenth uh, seed gets the first pick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a rare occasion. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's helpful to try and get the first pick. Who the current? Who is the current uh, number one favorite? It's Lef- Lafreniere. 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 Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Lafreniere is probably leading first overall right now, but it is still hotly contested with Byfield up there and also uh, Alexander Holtz. Mm-hmm. If you get a top three pick this year for the Detroit Red Wings fans, listen to this, and you're going you're gonna to get a win. But all three prospects are very promising. They have a lot of offensive upside. Yeah, currently yeah, it's according like a good to a draft. Currently, according to Tankathon, it's Lafreniere, Lucas Raymond, Quentin Byfield, Alexander Holtz, and Anton Lundell rounding out the top five. Right, I forgot about Raymond. That's yeah, bad. another sweet stud. Ottawa at the first spot and Detroit at the second spot. Plenty of hockey left, though. Oh, plenty. Plenty yep. of time for us to suck. <laughs> but, yeah, it's to be expected. So, 
going into Chicago with your three games, you had a three to two win against Columbus with Kegula, Kajula, Kajula, Debrinket, and Taves scoring the <laughs> three goals. Uh, so your captain putting one in, and then yeah, no a five to three loss to the Caps. So my Caps coworkers were quite happy with that. Um, and then your one to two loss with Doc scoring the goal against Vegas. Yeah, so what are you guys' thoughts on that? I, you know, despite the record being one one and one this week, I thought the Hawks played really well. They looked good against the Blue Jackets. Uh, they, they probably could have won by a little more. Didn't take advantage of some offensive opportunities, but it was nice to see them come away with a win no matter what. In OT, scored by Jonathan Taves. How are you? Uh, so, yeah, Kevin, what's your thoughts on Columbus? Yeah, I'm trying to even remember this one because it was a. Uh, uh, basically like a week ago now, so I'm trying to remember the game, to be honest. Yeah, but, it's, it's one of those um, weekends, too. Yeah, I do remember, though, like Taves not being good throughout the game, but then coming in clutch at the end. That's um, all it takes. That's all it takes, yeah. But that's one thing, I don't know if you've been noticing that, Nick, is uh, Taves has not been too impressive to start the year. No, absolutely. And it's funny, I was going to actually bring that up. Taves, is, he's, well, I think he has two points so far this year. Not what you expect out of the captain, but generally he does kind of start the season slow every time. And then he picks up every season. It seems like he's at, he's off to a slow start, and then he kind of picks yeah. it up around the ten game mark and goes on a little heater. So uh, if that's if that stays on track, we could see a nice little stretch from Don to Taves coming up. Yeah, so I'm definitely not at the point where I'm worried about Taves, but still not not an impressive start for him. And he. I don't know if you noticed this too, Kevin. He does. He looks a little slower than he was last year. I, it, last year, kind of seemed like he picked up his pace from uh, the year before that. But yeah, based off last year, he kind of looks slower on the ice. I would definitely agree with that, and I don't know exactly why that is. If it's if it was the uh, the off season training, or if you know age is catching up to him and he is just getting slower. He, he, but I, I do know he's working with Kane and his trainer over the offseason, so hopefully they can figure something out to get uh, our captain going. As for the – I'll move on to the Capitals game for a reflect. I this We lost 5-3, to three, but I don't think the score really translates to how well the Hawks played. I think they looked better than they did against Columbus Friday night against the Capitals. Um, just all around, they, looked, they played better as a team. They looked like they were kind of buying into the season, buying into how good they were. And it, mm-hmm. it it was kind of a disappointing loss. It was it was a hard fought game by the Blackhawks, and you know just one of those ones they couldn't come away with. Yeah, and I didn't get to watch this game, but of course the the big noteworthy thing is that it was Kirby Doc's debut. Yes, yes, Kirby Doc's debut, and you know not really on the score sheet, but I he he did everything right that game. He was noticeable for all the good reasons. And how did you like him starting with Strom and Kane? Uh, I loved it. It's, they moved Strom to wing, and I just I, I love that they are playing him with the big guys right away. Just because you know it's they didn't really stick by it with Nylander, but it seems like with Kirby Doc, they want him to succeed no matter what. So they're gonna they're gonna play him with the studs right away. I will say though, Nylander looks good on the fourth line. He does. He's he's producing and on the fourth line. It's bizarre because what a weird player to put on the fourth line because he's not a grinder. He's very much a finesse skilled type player. And yet he works really well on the fourth line. I think that healthy scratch kind of lit a fire under his ass. Like, yeah. I, th- I think it was kind of needed. Like, yeah, we traded for you, but if you're not going to perform, you're not going to see the ice. So 
uh, Kyle should might have a little uh, little something going in his head, and it might be working. Okay. Anything else to add about your guys's uh, past games? Um, and then Vegas, Vegas. Vegas. Uh, you know, it was a tough fought match. Robin Leonard, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, they're going That's at a goalie it. Goalie duel. Yeah, goalie duel is the only way to describe it. I love Kirby goalie Doc, duels. We t- we t- we touched on it to start. Kirby Doc scored his first NHL goal and the lone goal for the Chicago Blackhawks that game, losing in a shootout. But it was good to see the Hawks pick up a point. And I thought this was Duncan Keith's best game in a couple seasons. He looked awesome out there. He looked like he was one of the best players on the ice, and mm-hmm. It, and it just looked like he was this old Duncan Keith and just doing everything right. This was definitely one of the more exciting games of the season for the Hawks so far. Just because of the quality of competition with the Knights, it was a really exciting game to watch just because both teams were really going at it and weren't, uh, weren't backing down. And again, the Hawks, they just looked like they were they're buying into Jeremy Carlton right now. I mean, I know they've had almost a full season under their belt with him, but... Just the way they're playing, they look completely different from the first couple of games now. They look like a brand new team, and they're, they're all meshing, and it, it seems like the Hawks are getting things on track, and they're up for a tough stretch of games coming up starting tonight, and we'll see where that goes. So speaking of games upcoming, let's do a flash forward and talk about the games we have before next week's episode. Uh, so the Red Wings have three before next week's episode. We have Buffalo, St. Louis, and Edmonton. Um so, out of these three games, I think the Wings win one game. Um, and I'm going to say we beat Buffalo. Buffalo is currently tonight struggling against the Rangers. They're losing 3-1. to one. Um, And I believe we'll be playing them tomorrow night, if I'm correct. Um, let me just make sure before I lie to you all. Yeah, we're playing them tomorrow night. So, they're coming off. They're going to be coming off a back-to-back, and they're losing to the Rangers. I think that's the one game we could win. I think St. Louis, the defending Stanley Cup champions, beat us. And I think Edmonton, it was close last time, but I feel like that was real fluky. I think they uh, opened it up a little more against us uh, for the next game and beat us, I would say, 3-1 to one or 4-1. to one. Yeah, I think you guys actually might lose all three of these games just because uh, <laughs> I, I don't mean to dog on you guys again. No, like, it's fine. I know. I, I just think those are three top of and especially the way Buffalo's been playing to start the year. It's, it's, those are just three hard games to come off with. But again, like we said, NHL's a crazy league. You could get a win any night against it. Yep. I'm going to say that you win one of these games, and the one win is going to be against the Blues because I hate the Blues, and I'm going to will that will that Red Wings win into existence. Yeah, I mean, if there's a game I'm hoping you guys win, it's against St. Louis. Yeah. Well, there you go. And Chicago's upcoming. You have four, including tonight. You have the Phillies tonight starting in seven minutes. You have Carolina, Los Angeles, and Nashville. So I'll let you guys start. Uh, Nick, how about you go first? I think tonight the Blackhawks come home with a win to close out the homestand. And I, I'm i going to say Robin Leonard shuts out the Flyers tonight. Ooh. And then Ooh. Carolina, Carolina, I think we... Carolina, I think we lose. Kings, we win. Nashville, loss. Yeah, I'll agree that I think we can come away with the win against the Flyers tonight. It is going to be a little tough with Murphy out of the lineup, but I think the Blackhawks can do it because they are, as we just mentioned, like they are really starting to mesh together. So I think they're going to feel like they can win this one. And obviously, Leonard starting the game, so he's going to give them some confidence. 
Hurricanes, I think, is going to be a loss because that's just a really deep team defensively, and I think they're going to prove to be a, a, a tough team for the Hawks to play. Uh, the Kings are not too good, so I think Hawks win that game. The Predators, man, I just... It's probably a loss, but I really want them to beat the Preds. Really need them to beat the Preds. I'm on the same boat. I mean, it's, I hope they win, but yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, especially yeah. on the road at yeah. the Arena. And, you know, they're going to try their best to keep Hawks fans out there, but they're not going to succeed. So it might be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough battle, but I don't, I don't they're going to come. All right. Um, yeah, I think if I'm looking at the schedule, I think you guys beat Philly tonight and your homestand on a positive stretch. Um, I think Carolina, it's close. I think you guys take them to overtime and you squeak one away like you did um, against Columbus. Los Angeles, I think you guys could could beat. That team has not looked the same like they did years ago when they were a Stanley Cup champion team. Um, I think Smashville just smashes you guys. Not Not painfully. I'd say it's a close game. Maybe you lose by one to two goals, but I think Nashville wins. So it's a polite smash, not a not a polite <laughs> smash. A polite smash. A, a gentle smash. Like Hulk with like one finger going like there you go. There you go. Like a like a thirteen year old girl sleepover pillow fight smash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I put bricks in my pillow. Oh, okay. Pray pray for your girlfriend. Or wife. <laughs> um so yeah, that's our upcoming schedule. So let's uh, talk a little bit about our player of the week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sing a little song. Player of the week. Who is it? Player of the week. Let's Jesus. hear it. All right, so let's yeah. watch yeah. this time. <laughs> Kevin, who's your uh, player of the week? For the second time in a row, Ryan Carpenter is my player of the week. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, I just have to go with Carpenter again. I really come away impressed with him every time I watch him. This is a player that does not take a shift off. He's always playing at 100% speed, 100% intensity, and he does it all. He's a two-way player. He's just always on every end of the ice, forward-checking, back-checking hard. I really, really like Ryan Carpenter's game. Yeah. Go. Kevin, I, I agree with you, man. Ryan Carpenter is – he's just awesome. With no, I mean, out there, he's like, hes forechecking, he's backchecking, and like you said, never takes a shift off. We were kind of talking about this before the show. Uh, Ryan Carpenter reminds me – not exactly, but he reminds me of how Andrew Shaw plays with a little less nasty – a little less nastiness. Obviously, Shaw's in your face, going to get under your skin kind of guy, and Ryan Carpenter is just one of those – he's just going to attack the puck no matter what. You got to love that with – players like that's a fan favorite a player that just puts everything into every shift like they wear the team like on their heart that's what they're fighting for and you gotta love players like that even if it's like a third or fourth liner guy like you got a guy that puts everything into it then you're gonna love them and they're gonna you're never gonna hate on them and it's kind of nice in comparison to some of the Hawks superstars right now who, I mean, no offense to them, but some of the, you know, more prominent names on the roster right now aren't giving it that 100% intensity. So when you see Carpenter go out there, you can really tell he's really trying hard. Yeah, and like for me, like one of my favorite players from the past Wings teams has been Dan Cleary. Like Daniel Cleary is not a first or second liner. He's not going to lead the league in goals. But he was just this like gritty, 
in-your-face player that would get those goals that you need him to get and would just like grind it. Like he had that game winner against Anaheim in the playoffs, I think in 09, that was just getting knocked down and he was like on the ground, just smacked it in. And it was just amazing. Yeah. Um, Those are definitely the types of players that get you wins in the playoffs. And yeah, I love Dan Clear. And he has his own, uh, he has his own hockey school. Um, Oh really? I think it's in Newfoundland. Let me see. Dan Cleary hockey school, but like, ah, he's had like players come in to coach the kids and everything. And I'm like, anybody that wants to buy me a Dan Cleary hockey camp hat, please send it to me. I want it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you gotta love players that just put it all put it all out there for the team. Me and Kevin were uh, shooting texts back and forth during the Vegas game, and I I told Kevin I'm like I think this might be one of the most underrated signings of the past offseason. Yeah, it's just like like you say it's he's a type of player that when it comes to playoff times he he could be a difference in the game just of how he plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three years of Ryan Carpenter just is sounds fantastic. Now, <laughs> I mean. If they had only signed to a one-year deal, I think he would have been a much more expensive um, extension um, or re-signing. But uh, they locked him up for three years at one mil, so really great steal of a contract for the Hawks. Nice. Uh, Nick, who's your player of the week? My player of the week goes out to the man-child, Brandon Saad. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Saad, I think he's he's been one of the best Hawks so far this season. He, the way he's killing penalties, the way he's creating scoring chances, and his defensive game—it's—he's literally—he looks like a miniature Marion, not a miniature. He's bigger, but he looks like a young Marion host of the way he plays. And uh, you know the way he's developing chances, and he, he just hasn't had any puck luck. Flurry denied him a couple the other night. He hit posts against the uh, Knights as well. But I think it's coming around. I think we're going to see a big year out of Brandon Saad. Just the way he's playing, he doesn't look like when we first got him. He he when we first got him back, I should say, he wasn't really driving the net. And this year, he's just he's getting in the dirty areas that we want him to. And pretty soon, the puck has to go his way, and we could see a monster year from Brandon Saad. I think he should be playing up a couple lines, not the third line anymore. Yeah, Saad's uh, dad powers have been activated, <laughs> and uh, he's really been looking good this year. Really for a lot of the same reasons that Carpenter has looked so good, just that intensity and the really strong two-way game. Uh, the two of them together have been some of the, the real standout players for the Hawks so far. And the funny thing is about both of them is just the, like the, st- the stat sheet won't show it, but I I think it, if we had to rank how the be- three best Hawks this year, it has to go Patrick Kane one, and then you could flip-flop Ryan Carpenter and Brandon Saad in the second and third spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the score sheet doesn't even reflect. Like, I feel like they just have, they generate scoring chances all the time. Just anytime they're on the ice, it's like they're a scoring threat. Okay. Yeah. Who's your guy, David? Well, I'm going to talk for Jordan, too, because I'm pretty sure he would pick uh, Darren Helm again, having two goals in the past week. Um, He's a guy that, you know, the fans have kind of crapped on a little bit over the years because he's gotten older. He's slowed down a bit. He's, he was never, like, your big top goal scorer, but he was the guy that would get those, like, exciting breakaway goals or have a great penalty-killing shift. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, but I think he would pick him. For me, I'm going to pick Anthony Mantha. Um, he had just a beautiful goal this past week, and he 
is starting to really become that player we know he can be putting those goals in. And on the power play, like his goal that he had, he was playing back on the blue line. So it reminds me of like uh, Alex Ovechkin or when we would have Sergei Fedorov do it occasionally as well. And it was just a rocket of a shot. So it's nice seeing him fit into that mold and that could bring a real big threat to our power play in the future. If we keep having him there on the blue line doing that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, my guy right there. And I hope Jordan agrees with the pick I gave him. If not, I'll just keep him locked in the closet where he is right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's a mystery where he's at, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good picks, David. I mean, I, I obviously didn't get to watch the wings at all. So I trust your word. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, well, so that's all of our real topics for the night, and I don't have access to the Gmail or anything, so I don't think there's any fan mail. Knowing this week, we probably got like seven emails asking about, you know, how awesome we are and, you know, how (laughs) great our teams are going (laughs) to be. You know, I'm going to take a little moment to – answer back on how you guys ended the last podcast uh, you guys, <laughs> what are you talking about uh, you know what do you, you mean guys, Nick? you guys may not think i listen to them but i like to listen over and see how dumb we sound sometimes or what <laughs> has gone and you guys sounded real dumb then last week so let's uh, talk about that real quick let's <laughs> these airways pray tell all right so first off fuck the chips i, I mean <laughs> central michigan chip was they, I go to WMU and it, it, they're our rival school. And the way you guys talked about how much I love them, oh. I, it boiled my blood a little. And then, oh, I know, I'm a, I'm a chip, bro. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, what else was there? I, I, I didn't write down a list, but I think there was something about me loving the was it the Predators in Pecorino? Is that what? Yeah. No. <laughs> you you think Pecorino is God's gift to goalies? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Pecorino, you know, how many Stanley Cups? Zero. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I hate everything about Nashville. What else? Is there? Come on, guys. You guys remember. No, I was, I don't remember any of this. I feel no, like Nick, I don't know what a you lucid mean. dream. Did you have a lucid dream or something? Oh, uh, yeah, that's what it was. I, it was just, I, I was dreaming nah. about you guys. I missed you so much for having to oh. log off. Uh, now your uh, your hate for Central Michigan and my hate for Western Michigan. I have to tell you guys a fun story, a little tidbit. I ran uh, the Chicago Urban Athlon a couple years ago. Um, it's that race that I guess Men's Health put on. They do like an obstacle course, ten mile race. I don't know if you've seen it because you're you're Blackhawks fans. Have you heard of it at all? I have not. So one of the obstacles is like we have to do stairs at Soldier Field. So we had to do like half the field, which sucked Ugh. so hard. But I was running. And it was like towards the end. And I was wearing like my full Central Michigan gear. I had like my Under Armour Central Michigan shirt and shorts. And this dude comes up next to me and he's like, oh, hey, man, I'm from Michigan, too. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, yeah, this is great. I went to Western Michigan. And I just go, fuck you. And just completely run past <laughs> him. <laughs> oh, man. I felt no remorse. I was like, no, you don't get to talk to me. <laughs> oh, you guys act like you're such a higher ground than us. Jesus. You guys get tear gassed all the time. Yeah, because we're too cool and party too hard. <laughs> oh, man. So I want to uh, end tonight's episode with a little kind of review. So we're almost a month into the season. Um, and I just want to talk about like what your thoughts are so far, whether it be on your respective team or another team in the league. Uh, so 
uh, Kevin, let's start with you. What are your thoughts so far almost a month into the season? What stood out to you the most? For the Blackhawks or the league in general? Uh, either or both. Well, if we're talking about just the Blackhawks, I mean, I think uh, overall they've been one of the more average teams in the league. If you look at uh, their record, they haven't been winning a lot, but also haven't been losing a lot. They've been pretty middle of the road, which I guess isn't a bad thing because it's obviously not losing. And with the way they've been meshing in recent games, I think they'll be on a bit of an upswing. So that's my take on the uh, Blackhawks so far. Okay. Anything to add about the league in general? The league in general? Uh, I don't know if I have much to say right now i didn't really think uh prepare anything or think about it okay uh nick what about you uh yeah like kevin said the blackhawks you know they weren't ha- they haven't been disappointing there's nothing to be disappointed about they it looks like they're finding their groove like we mentioned before uh I, i'll i won't go on about that subject just to repeat myself but i just find it John Carlson looks like he's going to win the Norris Trophy already. With Twenty points. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> leading the yeah, league in leading, leading the league in points as a defenseman, rare occurrence, and yeah, twenty points in what nine, ten games? Yeah, so, I think it's he, absurd. You think he yeah. would cool off by now, but no. Twenty points in eleven games. Yeah, and it doesn't seem doesn't seem like he's going to cool off at all. He's just unbelievable out there. And then I'm just like the Buffalo Sabres fan. They're they're a wagon. Uh, one of the most surprising, not surprising to me, but league-wide surprising teams going on right now in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so for the Red Wings side of it, um, I mean, they started <laughs> off the season pretty strong. Two wins to start the season. So it was pretty exciting. We're like, okay, this like with our MLB line, like how strong they started with how many points they were putting up and Mantha scoring his hat trick and everything like that. So it was really exciting and then they kind of fell apart a little uh which we expect we knew we weren't going to do well this season it's we're still in the process of the rebuild it's not just going to end because we got Iserman here people are like oh Iserman's the gm it, it's all uphill from here no he's got a lot of work to do and he's got to get through a lot of the crap decisions that holland made like the steven weiss decisions keeping our older guys that shouldn't have been kept and paying them as much as he did so he's got to kind of work through that before he can really uh, change the team and looking at the games that we've had like some teams that I knew we weren't going to beat we kept it pretty close and the teams that I thought we'd have a good chance at they kind of killed us so not a great start um, I want the first pick but I also don't want to look like an embarrassment of a team but if we keep the MLB line like they are and our goaltending which hasn't been too terrible at times um, I don't think we'll be that much of an embarrassment. Um, league in general, I could jump on what you said, like Buffalo. Holy crap, what a start for Buffalo. Um, I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off, but who knows if they actually will. And then looking at Dallas, a team that I actually predicted to do well, has started off struggling. Like if we're looking at where they are in the conference there, um, not doing well there. I mean, they're above you guys, but they're struggling. And then teams like the sharks who have all that talent that they signed with, um, Eric's, you know, yeah, no Carlson. Um, I was thinking of Ericsson for some reason, Swedish guys. Um, <laughs> and couture getting back, um, Marlowe, all those guys. And they're sucking. <laughs> like they're pretty far behind. I think losing points. 
losing Joe Pavelski definitely is has been a big impact on them losing yeah. their uh, captain. So and the flames uh, struggling as well. Yeah, hell of a first month though. So uh, to many to the many more months we have left this season. Yes, it's going to be a wild ride. Um, anything I, else I, to add? I do think, at, uh, like you, you were mentioning, the the wings start. I think uh, how the rebuild works. I think Eisenman needs one offseason fireworks going on in Detroit. Yeah, he didn't really get an offseason this year. I mean, we, we signed him in the spring. No, yeah, spring. Um, like right after Tampa Bay got knocked out. And he was still kind of working with Holland. Like Holland left a month or so later. So he didn't really get his full offseason as the new man in charge. And like you said, yeah, he needs that first full offseason, see what he's working with, see, do we, see what he can shed. I mean, he's already started with dropping Erickson, showing that not even a veteran on the team is safe, um, not even naming a captain either. So he's showing that this team needs a lot of work, and they have to earn it. Anything else to add, guys? I think that's uh, A-plus job subbing it as a host today, David. A-plus. Yeah. Yes, what do you think? Job. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, good job. Good job. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, yeah, maybe uh, we'll just replace Jordan full time. <laughs> oh yeah, can we take can we take some parting shots to him since I always get the uh, mistreatment? Sure, go for it. Right. <laughs> Jordan, if I had to say, Jordan is an avid fan of the Boston Bruins. Oh, he just loves Boston sports in general. Yeah, closet yeah, Boston. He's, he's a closet. He's always closet. dreamt. He's always dreamt of being licked by Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand and him, like I heard, he has a Brad Marchand like tattoo of his face and a heart on his like um, arm, so he can look at it every so often. I heard that. I don't know what I heard about Jordan. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm terrible at this. I'm too nice. <laughs> it's okay. You don't. You don't have the practice that we got last week. Yeah. yeah you got. You guys. You guys are fired up for me uh, losing Wi-Fi so early. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, you guys were at least prepared for him not to be here tonight. Me, uh, my internet caught out, so I guess I uh, just had to take the punches like a champ, and you know, never happen again. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that Google fiber now. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm making sure I I don't leave an episode too early because I don't know what it will what I will be getting roasted for next. <laughs> All right. Well, that should do it. Thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this episode of the Stick Blade Podcast. Uh, you can look for us on iTunes. Uh, and if you do look for us on iTunes, even if you don't give us a real listen, just give us that five sweet, sweet five-star review. It really helps us in the long run um, in getting more people to see us. Um, you can also find us on SoundCloud. Um, if you want to ask us questions, uh, maybe about like, how do you get your hair so good? And where do you come up with these amazing jingles? Uh, you can email us at, uh, stickbladepodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at stickbladepod. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys again for my hosts, Nick, uh, and, uh, I just had a brain fart, Musso, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Musso, uh, Jordan, we wish you luck in trying to acquire your target. Uh, go score a goal. Yeah. Slap <laughs> some beers tonight, Jordan. You deserve it. Yes. So uh, thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Stick Blade Podcast. Craig, get the fuck out of my room. <laughs>